LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, before we get into Ask Me Anything for the week, I know that a lot of you listening are part of a new church plan or you're involved in some way in church planning. And I can tell you from experience that launching a new church or a new campus is, it's exciting work, but it's also very difficult work. Sometimes one of the most overwhelming things are just the details. You know, what kind of equipment you're using and do you have the right stuff? And is there going to be enough of it? Getting incorporated, that's a that's a, that's a big thing. How to find the location, how to market the launch right. Um, these are the things, honestly, I had a great seminary experience, but they just I just didn't get trained for in seminary. When you partner with Portable Church, they're going to help you navigate all the gear that you're going to need so you don't get bogged down with the logistical details. They're going to free you up to focus on what you have been called by God to do, what you've been created to do, and that is to man, build your team, disciple your people, and, and listen for the direction from the Holy Spirit. This is about making you more effective at sharing Jesus with the community. So if you're thinking of launching in this year or the next, let me encourage you to check them out at portablechurch.com lifeway, and I think you'll be pleased. And now I hope you enjoy. Ask me anything. Welcome, everybody, to Ask Me Anything. I am Matt Love. I am here with Pastor J.D. Greer. And even though you can't see it, I do have a quarantine mustache going right now. So just trying to really make the most of this time when I'm not seeing as many people in public. That's right. And speaking of not seeing, I can barely see you. You're so far across the room because we are (laughs) adhering to social distancing to a T. That's great. Um, Well, J.D., we're in an interesting time uh, for a lot of reasons, but specifically because, you know, a lot of churches are now either recording or live streaming their services so that people can kind of watch from their homes to take advantage of all these social distancing policies. So my question to you today is, what do you think about that? Is church <laughs> online church or not? Well, I want to be very careful how I answer here because in one sense, I want to say yes, but I want to make very clear that it's not ideal. Hmm. I do think, I mean, the New Testament is very clear that, that the best idea of a church is everybody in one location at one time. Uh, you know, and they're uh, all in the same room because there's a togetherness, there's an an incarnation and in the fleshness of being able to see each other. And you just, uh, there's a lot of that that gets lost online, even as good as those experiences are. So in one sense, you want to, you kind of want to say no, but in another sense, we understand that there's an ideal form of the church. And then there are necessary adaptations you make because of specific circumstances. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, I'm not on board with those who say this is just another variation of the multi-site movement, right? <laughs> like, hey, we're now we're one church in thousands of locations every weekend. Um, no, and, and or people who might imply, hey, this is kind of the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard some people saying that, that this is kind of this online church. Is This is actually what's going to happen, and everybody just needs to get on board with online campuses, and online is kind of how church is going to happen going forward. So. Right, and so I, I, I don't want to let what, what what is an extraordinary circumstance right now suddenly abrogate everything the New Testament actually prescribes about what a church, the best form of it will be. And the best form is is going to be when people are there in the flesh. But um, in a situation where you've got something extraordinary like what we're dealing with, I do think that God recognizes our gathering on the weekend as well as we can virtually. That is, there is a body of people that is coming together. They are are doing the things that uh, that churches do. They're holding each other accountable. They're they're participating in some ways in in some of the ordinances. We might get to that in a minute, but there's, you know, they're hearing the preached word. There's 
there's all these things that go with the church. They're under discipline and leadership and all these things. So I, I do think there is an aspect of church. One of the things that I have developed a conviction on over the years um, is, and this is no excuse to be a sloppy theologian, but that um, the New Testament is usually not trying to prescribe really tight, absolute rules like some kind of scientific formula when it when it tells us what church and what leadership should be. It's giving ideals. It's giving values, recognizing that there are situations where um, where that may not be able to be able to do it. Here's an example. Um, you know, elders um, should be a part of every church. And elders really ought to be appointed by the congregation. I mean, it's because we recognize that the congregation, Acts 6, is responsible to help appoint its own leadership. However, when you've got Paul going through the book of Acts and you see him planting churches, it very specifically says that he actually made a second trip through the same churches to appoint elders. Mm. There are two things there that are irregular. First, you got a bunch of churches who didn't have elders for a while, <laughs> which is not good, but it was a... It, they didn't have people qualified to be elders, so it was a temporary thing. And then you've also got Paul himself doing the appointing, but in a new church situation, sometimes that's a, a necessary step to get the congregation to where they need to be in maturity, where they can choose their own. You wouldn't want to use the exception to say, well, see, we churches don't need elders, and, and if it is, it's some kind of pope that ought to appoint them like Paul. But we can recognize that in an extraordinary situation— that there's a there's a stopgap. I'll give you one more. Hopefully, uh, not to get in hot water. We, you know, I believe that that men ought to be the elders of the church, and as elders, elders ought to be the primary teachers on the weekend. Well, we know of situations where faithful missionaries, um, whether we're talking about Amy Carmichael or even Lottie Moon, that because they were in a brand new situation, they find themselves in a situation where they're having to instruct men because they're. I mean, they're literally the only ones that know the gospel. If somebody uses that as a pretext to say, therefore, it doesn't matter what gender the teacher is, that would be incorrect. But we also recognize there's a temporary kind of like, well, let's keep our eye on the ball and let's be moving toward the ideal and not let the perfect become, as they say, the enemy of the good. That's really helpful. Now, real quick, I think I jotted down. I think future asked me anything. What does abrogate mean? That's exciting. <laughs> we need to put that on the list. Hey, it's later. the word of the day. I got I got fifteen dollars from a friend for using it just now. So. That was great. That was, that was impressive. All right, so let's let's make this even a little. You kind of mentioned it. Let's make this a little more specific because I think this is another question that people are starting to ask. What about what about the ordinances? Yeah. Can can I baptize myself in my tub? You know, can I just like pour some grape juice and dip some Dave's killer bread in there? And is that, did I do it? Community? How, how does that work? The specificity you use to describe that makes me wonder if you're thinking about something that actually happened. Do I wish Dave's killer bread was used typically for community? Yes, I do. Um, let me give a similar type of answer. I, I'll tell you instinctively, my first response when I started to think about this a few weeks ago was no, absolutely not. But here again, I think we've got the ideal and then you've got what is sometimes necessary in a temporary kind of situation. Right now, the Summit Church has not gotten to a point where we're baptizing or, or uh, taking the Lord's Supper. Those are the two ordinances we're referring to. We haven't done that because while this is an extraordinary situation, we don't, I, we don't feel like the length of time yet has justified needing to go to some of these extreme circumstances. But the longer this goes on, the more that I could see us saying, yes, this is a non-ideal way of participating in the ordinance, but it's better than not doing it altogether. I think you see justification for that in the New Testament. Um, you know, Philip baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. There's no church there. 
I would say that 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 baptisms are best done in the local church, but it just wasn't that couldn't happen. It'd be, it's better for him to be baptized and go back to Africa that way than to not get baptized or for him to try to turn around and drag him, you know, several hours back to baptize him there at the church. And so I think in that, you know, in, in a situation you're like, yeah, this is a temporary thing that we we may go along with um, for uh, the the Lord's table. Yeah, it's a, it's a similar kind of thing where you know the the, the essential elements of the Lord's table are. It ought to be together. Yeah. By the way, I would never encourage somebody to do this alone, yeah. just like like you, you described. But um, the, you know, it's, there's a togetherness, there's an accountability, there's an introspection, and if we're having to do that virtually, that's not ideal. But it's it's probably better than nothing. Dr. Steve McKinnon, who is a professor over at Southeastern Seminary, points out that the DDK, one of the oldest Christian um, documents, uh, that's not the Bible. It actually describes that. It describes the difference in ideal situations and temporary. It, it gives an example of an invalid an invalid in their home if what if they want to be baptized or what if they an invalid uh wants to take the the lord's table well it it actually instructs you know going back 1800 years or so hey this is why you should feel okay doing this even outside the normal context so in that situation i'd say there may come a point here in the next few weeks where we're like yes we need to celebrate the lord's table together and this is the best we can do it right now we've all read missionary biographies or i assume you have Where or in prison somewhere, yeah. you know, the soldiers are taking communion. Is that ideal? No, but are they being unfaithful to the New Testament? I don't think so. So, I mean, I, I probably know your answer to this before I even ask it, because we've we've asked two questions so far, and it's both been, I don't know, maybe it's kind of in the middle. But because I do think, like you're saying, there's this, on the one hand, there's, we can't do these things outside of the context of the gathering. On the other hand, there's this, well, we're supposed to do these things as the body of Christ and as the church. So you're just talking about like timeline, like what is that? Is there a moment where you're like, all right, this has gone too long without observing these things that we, we have to do the non-ideal way? Yeah, well, no. It's <laughs> not like a, you can't support that with Scripture. I mean, that's why you, you have elders at a church that are supposed to make these decisions. Um, you know, just to use extremes, if somebody says, well, it's Tuesday and I don't want to wait till Sunday to get baptized, I'm bab- you know, I'm baptizing my friend. I would say that's not that's not not wise, or um, you know, I, I, I'm too lazy to go to church today, or I can't, or it's raining, and so I'm gonna stay home and take communion. That's not wise um, for us. Like I said at the summit right now, we haven't felt like it's gone long enough that we needed to do either of those two things yet virtually. But there will come a point where we feel like the spiritual benefits mm. that come from you know remembering the Lord's you know the Lord's death that way and the spiritual benefits that come from that accountability and seeing those things would outweigh the negatives of not doing it in an ideal way I'm hoping you're about to ask me does it have to be bread and wine were you gonna ask me that <laughs> I'm now gonna ask you that does ask it have me that. to be bread and wine <laughs> here again okay <laughs> I mean there are there, there are symbolic things in the bread and in the actual fruit of the vine yeah. the wine that are helpful right but it never says like it has to be exactly that's the best version of it. Yeah. But if you're in a place where you don't have that, does it mean that without that you just absolutely cannot do it? I would say I would say no. I mean, I would say the best version of it is where you got grapes and you're actually crushing them. Hmm. You know? And you're 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 seeing it as if the blood draining out, and you're seeing the you know blood tear. In our church, we have the little like you know chiclet looking thing yeah, that's yeah. hermetically sealed on top of the <laughs> little grape juice. They, 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 we've lost a lot of the symbolism. I would actually say that other symbolism is even more important. So mm. if we have to do a communion, and I've got to say to people, hey, you may not have you know grape juice, um, and or you you may not have any you know kind of juice, and if you have to get a, a glass of water for right now, if that's all that you can get, and yeah. a rich cracker or a saltine, this is not ideal. This is yeah. not the best version yeah. of this, but the real thing of being broken and being poured out and 
this sense of togetherness in the body of Christ and the introspection, that's what's what's more important. I'll say one last thing, and I hope I don't, again, start a, a fire with this one, yeah. but in some ways, you know, doing the Lord's table together this way virtually, people are going to feel sometimes even more connection. They're going to mm. feel the good parts than when you're sitting in a room like at the Summit Church with, you know, 1,500 people. Yeah. It's, you know, 45,000 square feet. How connected are you to the person way on the other side of the congregation? Again, that's the ideal version, but there's sometimes a connection online through this that I think we can uh, we can get. I would still say, just my last comment, when it comes to these ordinances, they ought to be local church, the whole local church thing, not different, you know, members just doing it on their own. It yeah. ought to even virtually we're doing it together as a congregation. I, and I think that's a kind of a key element in 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 the observance of these ordinances. Well, you heard it here first, Mountain Dew and a potato chip. You can do it with that. <laughs> Nobody tweet that. That is not a quote. <laughs> the comments of the host are solely his own opinion. Uh, well, thank you, JD. That was really helpful. And thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys don't already subscribe to Ask Me Anything, please make sure you do that so you can follow all of our episodes. And then also, we would love it if you would leave us a review on iTunes. So if you like this podcast and you want other people to see it and get access to it, Leaving those reviews really helps us get noticed by other people. So we would really encourage you to do that um, and help this content get into the hands of others. And if you want to look at show notes for this show or other shows and other resources, you can go to jdgreer.com or you can follow JD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.